Monday, December the 4th, a few weeks ago, was a very significant date for me. It was a date when I was taking my car in for its MOT. Now, maybe it's because I'm a fairly positive character, I always think that everything is fine with my car. And thankfully this time it was. But, you know, the Garys go through their checklist, they're very thorough, and sometimes I get a shock. I think it's fine, and it's not sometimes even quite a big problem. I thought maybe New Year is a good time for a spiritual MOT. We begin 2024. How are we doing? Maybe we think we're okay. But it's possible that, like me and my car, occasionally we can be mistaken. So maybe it's time for an MOT to check ourselves, not against the, the, the car mechanics checklist, but against what the Bible says. And all we're going to do this morning is to, just to take a passage from the Bible. Uh, there are lots I could have chosen. This just happens to be one I was reading fairly recently. But the, the principle is just to take a passage from the Bible and see what it says and check ourselves against it. And we're going to be reading from the letter of James, chapter 1, verses 19 to 27. Andrew's going to read it to us. And uh, I haven't got a page number for you, so let's just give you a page number uh, to help you. So, uh, James, chapter 1. And it's... Um, page 12.13. Page 12.13. James chapter 1, reading verses 19 to 27. Thanks, Andrew. Okay. James 1 says these words. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth, and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word that is planted in you, which can save you. Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Now, if anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Now, the religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Amen. Thanks, Andrew. James says quite a bit in those few verses about the Word, by which he means the Bible, and encouraging us to read the Bible. For most of us, there's no shortage of Bibles. I once counted up how many were in our home. I think there were over 20 in those days when Jonathan was with us. We've got Bibles, uh, whether in, on, on the shelf or on our phones nowadays. So we've got Bibles everywhere. But we need not just to own a Bible, but to read it. 
are not just our favourite bits, the bits we feel comfortable with. A bit like if the man doing my MOT said, well, what, what I really like to be checking tyres. So I'll, I'll just check the tyres and, and leave it at that. No, we've, we've got to be reading what the whole Bible says, not just our favourite bits. Otherwise, we can miss out on what God wants to say to us. We can have blind spots. We need to read the Bible day by day, to read different parts of it, maybe even going through books of the Bible. Find some good Bible notes to help you. And if you're not sure what to use, well, we distribute the, the Our Daily Bread notes. Um, we can probably recommend others as well. Difficulty is that we're all busy, aren't we? Things can get crowded out. But I, I sometimes think, well, I might be busy, but every day I make time to eat my breakfast. I make time to clean my teeth. And I probably spend, spend far too much time that I make looking at my phone. So why can't we find time? The most important thing of all, which is reading God's word, the Bible. But from verse 22 onwards, James warns us that even when we read the Bible, there's a danger of just reading it, but doing nothing about what it says. Listening, but not acting upon what it teaches us. Be like a man looking in a mirror. Uh, don't know about you, but quite often when I look in a mirror, I get a shock. <laughs> I thought uh, my appearance was immaculate, not a hair out of place, uh, uh, no blemishes at all. And you look in the mirror and you see the truth, don't you? Now, in that situation, if I look in the mirror and see that I'm not all I should be, then insofar as it's humanly possible, there are some things that are just, just too far gone. But, but where I can do, I try to improve my, my appearance based on what I see in the mirror. And, and James says it, it would be silly if, if a man just glances, took a quick glance in the mirror and then turned away without even really looking at what it showed him or doing anything about it. Uh, it says the Bible shows what we're really like. And therefore it's important to have a good look at it. I wonder, how many sermons did you hear in 2023? Here, maybe some online as well. Uh, how many Bible studies did you attend? Uh, plus your own Bible reading. And out of all that, all those sermons and online things and Bible studies and your own reading... What difference did they make to your life? We should look, James said, we should look intently. Uh, I think it's the same word that was used when, when Jesus rose from the dead and, 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 and Mary looked, looked into the tomb, not just a quick glance because something incredible had happened, but having a really good look. When I'm out with my telescope on the, the rare, clear night, I don't just have a quick glance through the eyepiece. I have a really good look at it and see what I can see. But James said we should be like that with God's word, having a really good look at what it says. Then chew it over. Think about it. What am I meant to do about this? What, what can I learn from this? And keep on doing that regularly. Um, I, I find it's quite a good, good check of myself. Sometimes, maybe in the middle of the day, I ask myself, what did I read this morning? What did I learn from it? Because sometimes I find I'm actually struggling to remember. Uh, but if, if I'd really looked carefully, I'd remember what God had said to me that morning through the Bible uh, and acted upon it and lived by it. Do you want to be blessed in 2024? 
If so, in verse 25 says, uh, James says at the end of verse 25, it, that if, if you do these things, if you read the Bible carefully, he will be blessed in what he does. If we want to be blessed, we need to read the Bible. All this matters because it's possible uh, to think we're okay, to think we're religious, but actually, um, uh, uh, um, actually be completely deceived. He uh, even goes so far to say in verse 26, our religion may be worthless. So, so James says, so, so James, what does true religion look like? James, what do you think true religion consists of? And in the rest of this passage, he brings out three points. Now, they're by no means uh, comprehensive, there's lots of other things he could have written, but he picks out these three points. So I thought, if he does it, let's also look at the same points this morning. And isn't it good when you have a speaker who has his three points and they all begin with the same letter? Now, this morning, if your spelling is really bad, you might think I'm, I'm beginning with the same letter each time. But listen, here's the three points. First of all, control the tongue, care for people, then here's the dodgy one alphabetically, keep yourself pure. Control, care, keep. First of all, control the tongue. We read about it, uh, it is in his list of things in verse, uh, uh, <clears throat> in verse 26, he talks about keeping a tight rein uh, on, on our tongue. Uh, he talks about a bit about the tongue earlier on as well, we'll come to it in a moment. He says, what about our tongues? I think that maybe is a bit of a challenge for most of us. Um, if you know the letter of James, you know that a bit further on in, in chapter 3, he says quite a bit more about the tongue, where he explains that even though the tongue is small, you might have thought insignificant, it can do a whole load of damage, because it can do good as well. I wonder what effect does your tongue have on other people? We can do good. In chapter 3 he talks about uh, we can be peacemakers. You know, our tongue enables us to, to comfort people, to, to give them advice, to teach them, to encourage them. But the tongue can also do enormous damage, like a small spark causing a forest fire. I'm sure we all remember the, the fires up on Winter Hill a few, few years ago. And they probably started with something very insignificant, but it took weeks all there's helicopters flying over, uh, dropping loads of water and such like to finally put that fire out. That small spark can cause immense damage. And, and, and we can use our tongues to spread, to spread not always lies exactly, but sort of half-truths that aren't the full story. We can use our tongues to gossip. We can use our tongues to grumble. And, 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 and from what I see around, including myself, it's so easy for us to fall into that way of life. That's what everybody else does, isn't it? People gossip, people grumble, people spread, spread stories that the, the best are only half true. Do we do the same? We can easily hurt people by what we say. A bit like it's a, a tube of toothpaste. It isn't hard to, to squeeze toothpaste out of a tube, but it's not until it gets to the very bottom. But you, you, you can easily squeeze toothpaste out of a tube, try getting it back in again. Once it's out, it's out. What we say, however nasty or unjustified it was, it's, it's out, it's said, it's done. So we need to keep a tight rein on our tongues. The best principle is what we find uh, back in verses uh, 19 and 20 of this passage, where he says, Dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, 
slow to speak and slow to become angry. Often we turn that round. We're quick to speak and slow to listen and slow to become angry. I notice there, by the way, that he links the speech with, with anger. Um, it's because um, it, it, it goes on to say that, 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 that uh, anger uh, doesn't bring about the righteous life that God desires. And when we get angry, even if we see we're, feel we're right in what we say, it won't do any good. Far better to wait until we're calm and then say something. So wouldn't that be a good motto for 2024? That we should be quick to listen, often we're poor listeners, slow to speak, often we're far too quick to say what we think, and slow to become angry. Because that's even when we're right, that spoils the whole thing and does no good. So maybe that could be our motto for 2024, if we keep a tight rein on our tongues. That's control the tongue. Secondly, care for people. Uh, verse 27, uh, he said, Religion that God our Father accepts are pure and worthless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. We may claim to be religious, James says. What are we doing to care for other people? We live in a society which is increasingly selfish and self-centred. Just a couple of examples. Uh, I mentioned the phones earlier on. I might mention them again later on. But our, our phones. And yeah, people are hooked on their phones. The, I read recently the comedian Paul Merton said that what he enjoys doing, he walks on the street, he sees someone coming the other way. So they're engrossed in their phone. They can't see where they're going. And rather than moving out of the way, he just stands there and waits for them to collide with him. And then he said, maybe then they'll realise there's a world out there, not just you and your phone. Um, I know, I know, particularly when we've been, been, been staying away somewhere and we're having breakfast in the Premier, Premier Inn or wherever it is, that at breakfast time, everyone, even though there might be a whole family sat around a table, they're all on their phones, aren't they? We're so taken away with that. And I must admit, I've got to be careful of the same thing because it, it, I'm, I'm easily the same. And, and you, you get taken with the phone. Or when you have a phone to take a photo, it isn't enough just to take a, 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 a photograph of some wonderful scene, like some wonderful waterfall or something. It, it, it's got to be a selfie. So not, it's not just the wonderful waterfall, it's the fact that I was there. I'm in the picture. And it shows the same mentality. Then our, li- our lives at home. So easy in our, in our modern society just to sort of um, shut ourselves away at home with our family and in the evening you can binge on a box set. Uh, I can't say I've ever binged in that way, but a lot of people do. I know you've got Netflix. There's lot, so much home entertainment. Oh, again, there's always a good old computer again. Uh, and, you know, uh, we shut ourselves away in our own little world and forget about the people out there. And that isn't uh, how it should be. In our fallen nature, we may tend to think mostly about ourselves, but the Bible tells us to love our neighbour as ourselves. And you don't have to look far in this world to find needy people. Even on the other side of the world, uh, uh, TV and the internet uh, can show us terrible suffering and need all around the world. But even locally there are so many needs. And, and, and here at our church we serve to help people with various needs. We, with our luncheon club for the older ones, the tea and tots for the little ones and their parents, uh, the grub tub for those who've uh, sometimes very... very uh, unexpectedly fallen on, on difficult times. 
Uh, our Christmas fund um, tackles needs both home and, and abroad. So many needs. Of course, you can think it's hopeless. There are just so many needs in the world. We can't tackle everything. And reminded the story of a little girl walking along the, the seashore. And I think lots of, there were lots of starfish on the beach being washed up by the tide. And they were stranded. And the little girl just picked up one of those starfish and threw it back into the sea. And some, someone said, to, you know, what, what good that do, will that do? What difference will, will it make out of so many starfish just throw one back in? Well, she said, well, it made a difference to that one, didn't it? And for us, we, we can't cope with all the needs. And if we try to, we're just going to get depressed because we, we're not called individuals to cope, to cope with every need in the world. But when God makes us aware of a need we can do something about, whether it's near at home or far away, then let's do it. We, we, we can't, we can't uh, feed all the hungry or shelter all the homeless or, or whatever it might be, but we can help some and make a real difference to them. So what are we doing? But one thing I was really struck about, looking at this particular bit of the passage, is that um, James isn't just talking here about some abstract idea of maybe uh, giving some money to charity every now and then. Uh, he's talking about actually caring for people. He, he says, um, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. That word, look after, it's very much got the idea of visiting people, of actually spending time with people. And you know, we're surrounded, aren't we, by, by people, even within the church, people out there on the street, people, our neighbours, our, our families, all sorts of people <coughs> who have real needs. And to address those needs isn't just a question of a, of a quick fiver in a collection box or something. It takes time, including listening, as James reminds us at the beginning of the passage, being quick to listen. And I suspect it's more than you can just do uh, with a cup of tea on, on a Sunday morning. It takes time with people. God maybe puts particular people in your heart to spend time with them. Because that's what's involved. Just, uh, uh, um, the needs of orphans and widows. Just saying, how are you? Uh, after morning service possibly isn't enough. So maybe we ought to consider this year, who can we look after in 2024? Maybe show hospitality to them. That, that costs time, doesn't it? But if there are needs out there, then looking after them is more than just saying, hello, how are you on a Sunday morning? So maybe the Lord might lay different ones on our hearts there. And finally, the third one. We've, we've looked at um, uh, the, the importance of controlling our tongue and caring for people. The third thing is keep yourself pure. Um, and in uh, the end of verse 27, James says, uh, and keep ourselves from being polluted by the world. Nowadays, we're rightfully concerned about the way that we are polluting the world. You see these David Attenborough programs, and you see the devastating effect that's all having with all our plastic and everything. But James warns us about the danger of us being polluted by the world. Of course, not being polluted by, by, by nature and things like that, but by, by being polluted by, by the world around us, the people in it, the society that we're part of. Um, Christian speaker Alistair Begg, who some of us have listened to in the past, says this, The world we inhabit is actively opposed to the purposes of God. We, we need to be careful lest we are carried off by the tide. 
James in verse 21 speaks about uh, the, the, the moral filth and evil that is so prevalent. If James thought things were bad then, wonder what he'd think now if he came back and saw the state of the world now. We have to accept that the fact that not many of the people around us, even people that we love dearly, not many of the people around us, whether friends, colleagues, maybe even families, live their lives by biblical standards. Or even think about doing God's will or care about doing God's will. We can easily be dragged down by the people around us and by the media. A little quote from a a Barber commentary I was looking at the other day where somebody says, Our society has long lost virtually all awareness of the sacred. Very little now seems to be held sacred other than an individual's right to live how he or she likes uh, and the right of freedom of speech, at least for the press. The principle of human rights is the value that drives both contemporary politics and law. But the Bible was concerned about God's rights. Part of this um, problem is the self-centered behavior we've already talked about with our, with our phones and everything. But in addition to that selfish way of life, there's no longer a clear understanding of right and wrong. Everyone makes up the rules to suit themselves. Everyone has their own truth rather than bothering about God's truth. For example, and this is only an example, but it's a striking one, isn't it, for, for, for most of us nowadays. The Bible gives very clear teaching about sexual relationships. But the pagan world around us says something very different with its confused and wrong ideas about sexuality, marriage, relationships, gender, etc. <laughs> Uh, I've got competition. Okay. But yeah, the world around us has very, very different ideas about, about sexuality, marriage, relationships, gender. Ideas that are actively opposed to purposes of God, as that Alistair Begg quote mentions. People around us, our societies, is actively opposed to the purposes of God. And there's a, a danger, a real danger, of us being carried along with it. It's easy for us to say, well, okay, times have changed. Everyone does it, so we've got to go along with it. And of course, as we probably know, even some established churches feel obliged now to embrace this godless uh, uh, philosophy uh, regarding what the world thinks and does, and just to go along with it. The media promotes it all the time. Even the law has begun to enshrine it. In, in what is now legal. But it's wrong. We have, a, we're not negative, we have a positive message. God has given us his word, the Bible, by which we will be blessed if we live by it. He gives us the perfect law that gives freedom, as James says, if we live by it. How much better to humbly accept the word that can save us, verse 21. In 2024, may there be a clear and noticeable difference in our lives, in the way that we live, talk, care about people, compared with other people out there. Because this is God's truth, and it's the right way to go. 
And those who, who live opposed to God's purposes, they, they miss what life is all about and how good it can be and how wholesome it, will be, it can be. And th- those ways lead to destruction eventually. They surely will. But we found a better way and praise God for that. I'm about to stop, but uh, th- there is a but we need to consider in a minute. All that I was to say is fine and good, but the problem is we're not saved by this because we can't live up to it. We all fail. We all fall short. We all need God's forgiveness. We all need our sin paid for. We all need the Holy Spirit to help us to live different lives. In a minute, we'll think about that as we come to communion. But first, let's sing again, shall we? We're going to sing um, before the throne of God above. Because that reminds us that even though when you're faced with this teaching, you reckon, Lord, I fail so often, I need forgiveness. That all the time as we fail so often, as we mess up so often, there's somebody before the throne of God, the Lord Jesus, who continually pleads for us and who laid down his life for us.